Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Praise Him, hallelujah. Can we just give it up for our worship team? They, uh, they do so much and uh, take so much time to be able to bring worship here, and uh, we're just so thankful for everyone. Can we give it up for our dream team? Yeah, our dream team is just everyone who, um, who serves here, uh, and if you are interested in being part of our dream team, we have something called Growth Track, and after every service, uh, in the, right behind you, we have a little conference room, and, and we meet, and basically, um, you can become part of our church, and, and, and how, if you are interested in getting connected, that's the start, is through our Growth Track. Um, how many had a great Thanksgiving? Man, I ate so much. God knows that uh, I, I overdid it this this year. Um, my brother was in town, so I hadn't seen him. My brother hadn't been here for about, wow, his whole family for about five years. So I spent some time with some family. It was wonderful. My parents are in the house. It's a good looking couple right there. And if you know my parents, you know they're very special. Not because they're my parents, they're just special. And, um, and uh, I'm just so thankful for them and, and their, um, you know, even as they sit there, you know, I, 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 in my heart, I know that all of you are part of their legacy, right? Part of my mom's prayers, my grandma's prayers. And, and so when you pray, believe me, your prayers are not in vain. How many know that your prayers are not in vain? They are not in vain. God hears our prayer. We've been talking about prayer for a while here today, uh, uh, over the last few um um, weeks, just talking about prayer, really getting into prayer. We, we've been praying here at uh, every Saturday at 10 o'clock at night. I know it was rainy yesterday, and um, I was almost tempted, man, should I cancel prayer? But I know I couldn't, but I just want to thank all the people who consistently come here on Saturday nights to pray because um, uh, the presence of God that we get to feel here on Sunday, I, I know is partly because of that prayer on Saturday night every Saturday, so I'm thankful for that. How many dog lovers do we have in the house? How many cat lovers? I got bit by a cat when I was young, so. Deteased it. You can detease a cat. I know you can Oh, I was teasing it. No, no. It's just a mean cat. Uh, but I love dogs, and, and um, dogs, man, my wife says, man, the dog, I have this, this, uh, Dogs are attracted to me, right? It's not because I'm so good looking, strong and thin. They're just attracted to me. But there's some little secrets. So if you're a dog lover, it's not that they're really attracted. It's just that you can connect with the dog. So there's little things you do. You know, as you approach a dog, if you start rubbing them behind their ears or they have a collar, you start, they just, they love that, right? So there's little tricks, right? And they, they find that very pleasing. And, and so it's not necessarily that the dog is attracted to me. I'm, I'm giving my secret to my wife now. It's because I, you, you know how to treat a dog and, then, and you make them feel important, right? And the dog all of a sudden feels comfortable around you. And that's basically what it looks like. You know, some people do like cats, and there's nothing wrong with cats. Um, I don't know if I'll ever have a cat, but I do pray one day I'll get a, a dog again. They just take a lot, a lot of time. Um, some people prefer a fish or a, a plant, and that's okay. Um, we had some of those today, but it's all about your approach with a, with a dog. It's about your approach to the dog and, um, and today we're going to talk about please, pleasing God, 
please God. We need to please God. So it's not, a lot of times as you look at that phrase up there, you may think, please God, give me something. And, and, and a lot of us are used to that. Please God, I need this. Please God, look at my situation. Please God, look at my circumstance. Please God, but today it's not that please God. It's how do I please God? What can I do to please God? I know that for me, if, 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 if my mom's in town, you know, she's like the best back scratcher in the world, right? <laughs> so as soon as I see her, I, I kind of cuddle up next to her, she knows already, she starts scratching my back. And, and I love that, right? I love when she's scratching. My wife is very good as well, but <clears throat> um, <laughs> she just doesn't enjoy scratching my back that much. Some people like to have their feet rubbed, right? Yep. Rub my feet, put some lotion on my feet. Uh, and then there's some people in the house who just don't don't touch me. They don't want to be touched, right? Uh, not very touchy, and that's okay. Um, but but I'm gonna go right to the scripture, the base scripture today. It's in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27, and it says, "This is why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. By my God." Just leave it up there for a second. So this is really talking about Israel. They're complaining. And, and, and this is a reminder, because sometimes Israel's saying this. They're saying, our way, our, our issue, our way is hidden from the Lord. My cause, my circumstance is disregarded by my God. And, and a lot of times, that's been my prayer. I think for many of you, it may have been your prayer. Like, God, are you seeing my situation? Are, are you seeing my circumstance? Or are you disregarding me? Are you just ignoring me? Do you not see what's going on? How many have, have, have had a prayer or a moment like that where you say, God, do, do you see what's happening? How, how could this be happening? Aren't you my God? And, and this is a, a place that Israel found themselves all the time. I believe we find ourselves in a place like that where we're like, well, God, can't, how could you let this happen? And, 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 and in my journey, and I'm sure in many of yours, there's been moments like that where I'm complaining to God, where I'm questioning God, and in the midst of that, it's not till later, right? It's not till after the fact that I can see, oh, that's what you were doing, God. Maybe not understanding or even accepting it or agreeing with God, but it's not till after the fact that I look back and say, oh, that was part of the plan. Okay, okay, that was part of the plan. But it's so easy for us so many times to... Uh, to ignore or say, God, you're ignoring or, or to complain to the Lord. And it's in us. It's in us. And if, we, if you look at the, the people of Israel in the Old Testament, they were doing that all the time. God would perform a, a powerful miracle for them. And they would see the Red Sea part in two. And they would walk right through, a, like we were singing, just he, he parts the seas for us. And, 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 and 20, minutes, 20, 20 minutes later or two days later, they were complaining, God, you've forsaken us. God, you've forgotten about us because we forget the things that God has done. And I will guarantee you that there's things that God has done in your life to protect you that you're not even aware of. There's things that we've been through and that, that God has carried us through or safely got us through some moments in our lives that we're not even aware of. And it won't be until we get to heaven that we're like, wow, God, you were there. I felt so alone, but, but you were there. And, and that's, that's what this verse is saying. It's just saying, can't you see my way, or is it hidden from you? Am I being disregarded by you, my God? And I'm just thankful that, that God is so merciful, that even when we're in that position where we're complaining, even when we're in that 
position when we feel all alone, he's merciful, he's graceful, and he, 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 he lets us complain a little bit because if it was one of us, we would just wipe each other off the face of the earth. Stop crying, stop whining, and, and close your mouth. But God, he puts up with a lot. He puts up with a lot from us. How many know that God puts up with a lot from all of us? And even right now, I would even ask you to consider, what's your relationship with God look like even today? Even right now? What does it look like right now? Let's just take 20 seconds and just you and God to say, where am I? Where am I with you, God? You know, for some people, you may say, man, I'm better than I was a month ago. That's for sure. Some people may say, man, I'm, a, man, I'm, not, I'm not where I want to be or I'm not where I need to be. Or maybe you say, man, this has been a tough season. And, and, and there's some moments like that in our journey. And Joel, come on up here for a second. I'm catching you by surprise, but you, you're brave. I know you are. So if I have a relationship with Joel and we're able to talk, we have a relationship, right? We're, we're friends. But then he starts going far away. Go down there. Right? Joel, you're, you're an awesome drummer. I love you. And there's still a relationship, right? And he starts going like to the middle over there. Joel, how's it going? You can still hear me? You can hear me? Now go, go to the back by the, by the sound booth. By the sound booth. Joel, can you still hear me? Where are we with God? Is he close? Joel, you can come back. <laughs> how far are we from God, right? Sometimes we're the ones pushing him away. Like, how many times in my life, even as of late in my life, this continues to happen that I, I think I'm good. I'm, I'm good. We have relationships. I'm going to church. I'm doing the right things. But the relationship is actually getting farther and farther and farther, right, with God. The one relationship that matters the most, right, that's the one that seems to get straight away so easily in our lives. Right? The one that we need, we need, we should right here. We need to be right here with God, clinging to him. Yet so many times, we're the ones like Joel just straying away. All of a sudden, his voice gets farther and farther, and our voice gets louder and louder. And we begin to think, like, I got this. Everything is good. The job is going good. Bills are getting paid. Man, I got the prettiest girl, you know. I do have the prettiest girl, but... But we think we've arrived all of a sudden when we think when, just when you think you've arrived is when you realize how far he's you've allowed him to get. Right? Or how far we've gotten from him. And, and so it is that it is that God is trying to close the gap, that distance that sometimes we we're the ones that create that distance. He wants us to be close to him. He wants that conversation. I mean, when's the last time we had a conversation with God? You know, even when we're in the ministry sometimes. When's the last time I had a conversation with God? And it is when I have that conversation with God, I'll tell you, that I truly feel, begin to feel secure in him. When I'm able to realize, man, without him, I'm really nothing. Without him being close, man, my, I'm actually very weak. Without him being very close... I'm actually very insecure, right? And in fact, we need to find our security in him. Because his security, it dissolves our insecurity. 
And many of us walk around with a lot of insecurities. All of us do. We have some insecurities that we, we build up these walls to protect us. And it's not until we are in him. I love the way Paul says it. Paul says, I'm living in Christ. Like, I'm in him. Like, like we, we are one. Like, like, when you see me, you're seeing him. When I walked in the room, the presence of the Holy Spirit just walked in the room. That's what Paul was talking about. You could put me in jail. You could throw some stones at me. You could frail me with some lips, but guess what? I'm still in him. That's the kind of place Paul was. Paul was in him. And, and I'm telling you, that's what he wants for you. He wants you to be in him. Like, I'm, 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 I'm living with him. In fact, I'm in Christ. And, and then, then all of a sudden, when we're living like that, our vocabulary changes. Our conversation begins to change. The way we walk begins to change. The way we begin to look at people begins to change. All of a sudden, we're looking at people like Jesus looks at people. And let me tell you, that's what God wants for you. More than anything, he wants you to look like his son. Jesus died on the cross so we would have that privilege and that honor to walk like Jesus, to talk like Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to walk on water one day. How many believe that? We, because Jesus said there's greater things for us, we, I believe, I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but I need to have that faith that one day I can walk on water. Jesus said we'll do greater things than him. But we're not going to do it if we're not living in him, right? Praise God. All right. You know, the title says, please, please, God. How, how do I please you, God? I want to please you, God. So much of our lives, we're trying to please so many people. We're trying to please our wife, our kids, our employer, our job, our co-workers, our neighbor, doing all this stuff to please people. But many times, the last person on our list to please is the very one who gave us life. The very one who gave us life, the very one who gives us each breath of life, which is a gift, he's the last one on the list that we're trying to please. And, and basically, that's what I'm trying to get to you, church, today, that, that instead of trying to please everybody else, as you begin to please the one that matters, all the other things fall into place. As we begin to realize that no matter how much I please my wife, However, and try and do so much, and I'll wash clothes, and I'll wash the dishes, and those are all good things, and I'll mop the floor if I have to, and that's all good. But the best way I can please her is by pleasing the Father. As I begin to please the Father, right, he begins to what, open up, and all of a sudden, the love between us begins to grow. That washing the dishes could have never done. That bringing her flowers could have never done. That ironing her clothes could have never done. But when God is in the situation, he begins to build on the foundation of his son. And when that foundation begins to grow and his love becomes tangible in a relationship, all of a sudden, the, uh, the unseen becomes seen. The realm that we are blind to becomes a reality. The things we thought we were never going to be worth, all of a sudden God says, and here's a door for you because I am pleased with my son. I am pleased with my daughter. And I'm here to say that God is waiting for some people to say, God, I'm tired of pleasing everybody else. How can I please you? Glory to Jesus. And that's a question I, I have to, how do we please God? And, and the Bible tells us there's some ways. I'm going to go over a few ways on what we can do. And, and this isn't a list of rules. This is not a list of rules. These are just some things that as you begin to have relationship, all of a sudden that relationship is all of a sudden you want to, be, you want to do these things. It's not because you have to do it. 
It's because you want to do it. The first one is this. Obey God rather than men. Hard one. It looks easy, but it's hard. Peter and the other apostles, they were in, um, they were in, in court. They were, uh, they were being judged because they had been preaching the good news of Jesus. And when the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees told them, you better stop preaching the gospel. And this is what they replied. Peter says, we must obey God rather than men. We must obey God rather than men. And I tell you, there's moments in your journey where you have to make that decision. Am I going to obey God or am I going to obey man? And I pray that that's something that as you are, if your relationship is close to God, it's going to be an easy fix. I'm going to obey God. But if he's far, if he's all the way in the foyer, then you're going to question that. You're like, well, hold up. Who am I going to please? Sometimes a man we're pleasing is ourselves, right? Am I going to please myself or am I going to please God? And if he's far, if he's out, out he's on the other side of Torres, then it's going to be easy. I'm just going to please myself. But if there's a relationship, I'm looking, I'm like, hold up. I want to please you. I want to please you. So that's one way we please God is by obeying him rather than me. The second one, in everything, give thanks. It's another way we, give, we, we please God. It's by giving thanks when all hell breaks loose, when we feel all alone, when we feel isolated, when we feel abandoned. And I know there's people in the room who feel like that right now. There's people right now who feel all alone. And the Bible says this. It doesn't say give thanks for it, right? Thank you for the, for the trial. Thank you because I feel horrible. Thank you because I feel miserable. No. So I thank you even though I may feel miserable. I thank you even though I see that over there. I still give you thanks because I know in whom I put my trust in. And when we do that, it pleases God. It allows the Holy Spirit to come invade that situation. It allows the Holy Spirit to make some things right that you could have never made right, especially if you're just complaining about it. In everything, give thanks. And as we give thanks, say, God, this doesn't look fair. God, it doesn't. And you know, my wife, my, my, my wife, my mom always said this. Life isn't fair. It isn't fair. It's tough. My, my, my mom always said this. Life is rough and then you die. Right? Mom, that's not very encouraging. <laughs> but man, there's some times in life, man, that it is rough. There's some times in life that, man, this is tough. There's people in this room that know what I'm talking about. There's people in this room that know that there's been some moments that say, I'd rather be dead than be going through this. Right? And that's a lie from the devil, right? That's a lie. I know the spirit of suicide was over me part of my life, and I just wanted to give up. When the devil said, jump off the bridge, Mark. Jump off the bridge, man. Jump off the Your family's better off without you. Your kids are better off if you weren't even on the face of the earth. Man, that was seven, eight years ago, man. I was struggling. I know there's people in this room who have had that struggle, or maybe in that struggle right now. But it is in those moments that if he's right there, I say, God, you know what? I see it. And I hear the voice saying, throw myself off the bridge, but I'm going to put my trust in you, and I'm going to say thank you for my circumstance. Thank you because I know you've got something better coming. Thank you, God, because you are the creator. You are the giver and taker of life. It's not my job. You are my God. I'm going to be faithful to you. And it's about giving thanks in that moment where it feels impossible to give thanks. But it says there, give thanks in all circumstances. 
for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's telling us then. The next one, and this is a long one, but it says, another way we please God is by resisting the devil. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. I know we, as a men's group, as kingdom men, long live the king. Long live the king. Long live the king. Long live the king. Done that for a while. We gotta get back to it. Long live the king. But as a men's, we talk about we gotta resist the devil, right? We gotta resist him. But the verse before that, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he shall flee. But the way that happens is when I'm close to God. I can resist him because, man, I know he's right there. But if God's on the other side of Torah, if he's past Nor over there, it's hard to resist the devil. If I haven't been reading the word, if I haven't been reading this, see, if I read this verse in the morning, resist the devil and he will flee from me, right? God, and I say a prayer, God, help me to resist that temptation that keeps hounding me. Help me, Lord, to resist that thing that uh, I can't get out of my mind. And Lord, I'm going to take some time out. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I tell some brothers I'm a, that I'm accountable to. Can you help me pray? Because it's very difficult for me to resist the devil in this area. Can you, and all of a sudden, man, strength begins to rise up with, within you. All of a sudden, the right person calls and says, brother, keep on going. Keep on going. Keep on going. Keep on going. Resist the devil and he shall flee. What does that mean? That means I'm not going to the same places I used to go. I'm not doing the same things. I'm making sure I'm not isolated by myself. I'm making sure I'm not, I'm not walking in the same walk that I used to walk. There's some things you have to flee from. Glory to Jesus. So another way to please God is this. Don't overlook your gifts. Do not neglect the gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. And there's some gifts. I, I, as I look around this room, this room is filled with gifts and talents. And God placed them in you. I think I preach this every week that God put things in your life before you were born so that they would what? They would flourish in your life. And a lot of times we neglect those gifts. We put them off to the side. Oh, God could never use that. Or, man, I don't even know what my gifts are. In our growth track, we try to help you in our church. We try to help you find out what some of those gifts are. The Holy Spirit, as you begin to seek Him, He'll begin to reveal what some of those gifts are. But God will use the smallest gift in your life to bless multitudes. How many know that? Oh, I didn't sound too, too thrilled about that. This morning, Brother Alfredo shared a, a, a beautiful um, devotion on one of our little apps, Marco Polo. And um, in that, he reminded us, I just want to thank Brother Alfredo for that. He reminded us that Jesus was with a multitude of people, right? And they were all hungry. They were all hungry. And they had been with him. He had been teaching. And he asked the disciples, is there anything to eat around here, right? And Alfredo was real. He, he was very... Um, I like what he said. He said, there had to be snacks there. There was a bunch of moms there, right? Moms always got snacks in there. But the disciples came back with a little boy, and he said, man, all, all we got, Lord, is five loaves of bread and two fish, and there's thousands of people here. Like, what are we going to do with this? And what did Jesus do? He prayed over the little, right? And not only were they able to feed all the people, but they had some Thanksgiving leftovers, right? They had leftovers. And I'm telling you, maybe you look and you say, 
Man, but look at all the need and look at all the issues and look at all the circumstances. All I got is this little plate. God only, you only gave me this little bit. God is waiting for you to say, God, here's my little plate. Would you take it and use it to bless the multitudes? You see, there's a plate of five loaves and two fish inside of your heart that God is waiting for you to say, here it is. It may not look like too much, God. It may, other people may despise it. Other people may not understand it. God, forgive me because I have despised it. But even though, God, it may not look like much, I will give it to you because I trust, God, that you'll make it right. You'll make it right. And he's waiting and it will please God if we stop overlooking the powerful things that we do not see as powerful. God takes the small things, the insignificant things, and he transforms communities. How many are ready to transform a community? Since I see some unlikely people from some overlooked places who God is calling to do some extraordinary things in this city. Are you one? Are you one of those people? Are you one of those unlikely people? But these are the things that God is looking at that please him as he says, wow, he took the gift, she took the gift, and they're giving it back to me. And all of a sudden, he begins to do some powerful things. The next thing that we do to trust to please God is we trust God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Probably one of the most powerful verses for anybody in this house, and I would say for me, it's one of mine, because one of the hardest things for me to do in life is to trust God. For me, I think it may be the hardest thing to do is to trust God. It's so easy for me to maybe trust somebody else to come through, and maybe so easy for to trust myself to, to come through, but many times it's so hard for me to trust God. But it is in those moments sometimes that God will put you in a place where there's no one else except for him. And he's the only one. He is the only one that we, have, that we can turn to. And it is sometimes sad but true that the times that we trust God is when there's no one else to trust. When we come to the end of our rope. But I'll tell you that as we begin to trust God, in the little things, in the mid, middle, middle things, and in the, the hard things. As we begin to trust him, it pleases him. And when God is pleased, there's only one thing that can happen. When we please God, the Holy Spirit begins to move. That's why we want to please God. Well, first, we please God for who he is, right? We, be, we begin to please God. Like, like, like my mom scratches my back because I'm her baby, right? Because she loves me, right? She's, she's not going to scratch anybody's back in this room, let me tell you, right? Yeah, she scratched my back. I'm the baby, right? She might scratch my brother's back if he's lucky. She didn't scratch me, right? But God is looking for somebody to scratch his back. He's looking for you to scratch his back. Not so we can get something out of him. But so he said, God, you're awesome. What else can I do for you? What else can you you you, you want more conversation with me? I, I, I'll pray a little longer. Do you want me? You want to speak to me? I, I'll open your word and read an extra chapter today. Whatever that looks like. I I, I will read this one verse. I, I'll read this verse 
over and over and over every day for the next two weeks. I'll say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I will trust in you with all my heart. I will not lean on my own understanding. In all my ways, I'll acknowledge you, and you will direct my path. When we begin to talk like that, when we begin to have a conversation like that, using his word, all of a sudden he's pleased. And when he's pleased, the Holy Spirit starts to flow in you. All of a sudden, you want to go sin, and the Holy Spirit says, what are you thinking? You're like, you're right, I'm not going to go do that. You want to go get revenge on somebody, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, what are you going to get out of that? You're right, I'm not going to do that. You want to go tell somebody off, and when you get there, the Holy Spirit says, what are you doing? You're like, you know what, I'm going to love on this person. Right? It's small things that we do. I'm going to throw this trash out of the window. The Holy Spirit says, why are you going to do that? So you know what I'm not going to do? I'm going to wait till I get home. I'm going to put it in my own trash. These are small things, people. Church, very small things, but they please God. And the little stepping stones that we take, little things that we find are so insignificant, those are the things that begin to please God. And when we begin to do those little insignificant things that no one sees, all of a sudden, he begins to take us to new levels. And all of a sudden, what seems so insignificant puts us in a place of more significance, right? I'm telling you, it's doing the small things that no one sees that please God. So it's trusting him. And this is the last one. And this one is very clear in the word of God. It says, we please God when we live by faith. And there's more of these things. We can keep going, but I, I just picked five or six today. But it's living by faith. And it says this, it is impossible to please God without faith. I'm going to stop right there. You can take a picture, read it at home if you like. It is impossible to please God without faith. Now, we need a bunch of these other things to get to this place of living by faith, right? We, we gotta, there's got to be a relationship. Like, I, okay, faith, faith, what is faith? Faith is like, I don't see it there, but I believe God is going to create it for me. Faith is like, it may not exist, but it exists in God's eyes. And I remember a man says, Mark, if you can see it, God can do it. If you can see it, God can do it. In fact, he'll do it better than you could ever imagine. You know, and there was moments where I had to live by somebody else's faith. Right, there were some moments in my walk, and, and if I'm very transparent, there was moments in the beginning when we planted this church that, man, I, I couldn't see it, man, I just couldn't see it. I was like, well, God, is, am I going crazy? Am I losing my mind? What is going on? I, you're, you're calling me to open this church. Is it really you? And, 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 and I could have quit, right? I could have quit. And I said, man, this is crazy. Like, who opens a church? I, I could go down all the lists of why not to do this, right? But man, there was, God placed some people in my life who, who at the right moment would just show up. So I had my, 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 one of my mentors, Pastor Brian. I remember there was I would call it, Pastor, I, I don't think I could do this, man. I, everything's not, people are not responding. Everywhere I go, people say no. I, I'm just, I'm going to take, I said, I'm going to take six months and then pray on it. And he says, Mark, he said, man, I see your church, man. Your church is great. And all of a sudden, something in me, man, uh, Faith in me and said, really? He said, man, your church is amazing, man. He said, I see people flowing through it, man, with smiles, man. I see people moving. I see people on fire for Jesus. And even though, man, I didn't see nothing at the time. I, I didn't see nothing. In fact, I just saw all the negative things, and I saw all my insecurities, and I saw all the reasons why I couldn't do this. But it just took a little bit of faith, right? 
I didn't have a lot of faith to plant this church. It's just a little bit of faith, right? It's like a 50 million things coming against it, and one thing said, your church is going to be great. And something in me said, yes, my church is going to be great, right? And all of a sudden, we kept moving forward, and, and God began to open doors, and then 50 other doors were closed, and God, where are you? Where are you, God? You opened two doors, but there's 40 closed. So just go through the open one then, right? That's faith. That's faith. It may not look like as good as all the closed ones, right? But he opened it. And you go through that door, and he opens another door, and there's 40 more closed doors. But there's 40 closed doors. Just go through the open door. But, but God, that door looks lower than the one I just came through. It, it looks worse. It's uglier. It's messier than the door. We just, how can it be that? How can we be? We're going backwards. God said, just go through the door. Have faith, son. Have faith. And I've preached this here before. The only way up the mountain is going down the mountain. It's going through the door nobody else wants to go through, right? It's going through the door that doesn't make sense. It's going through the door that has all the naysayers saying, you'll never do it. They don't know. What are you thinking, Mark? How could you do this? Nobody opens the church. Why would you do this? That's faith. Faith is saying, I don't care what they said. I'm not going to what? Because it's impossible, right, to please him. I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please him. And one day I stand before him. In fact, one day you stand before him. And if we're not living in faith, we haven't pleased him. Church, if this was easy, I said, yo, this is easy. Come on board. This is easy. No. This is about going down the mountain many times. This is about walking through the valley of death. Right? But I will fear no evil because he is with me. And I'll walk in faith because somebody has to walk in faith. And if nobody else wants to do it, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it in the name of Jesus. And even if I perish, I will perish. God is looking for some people who are willing to say that. And when we get to a place where we say, God, no matter what, whatever it takes, I'm going that way. I'll go the way of the valley of death. I'll put my life on the line. And all of a sudden when we do that, it pleases him. The Holy Spirit, in all of his glory, comes down and he lies upon your life. And you begin to do the impossible. You begin to lay hands on the sick and they're healed. You begin to lie hands on the people who need deliverance and they're delivered. You begin to walk into work and people say, wow, look at that power in that person. But that doesn't happen until we take little steps of faith where there's nothing. And I say this all the time. When, uh, go plant the church right, but there's nothing there. There's nothing there. How could I, how could I step there when there's nothing there? The Holy Spirit says, just take a step and trust me. And you take the step, right? And I would take the step and say, wow, hold up. There is something there. I just couldn't see it. I was too distracted and it was too foggy. Then I take another step. I say, ooh, wow, this is solid ground. That's faith. This is something. Then I look back and I say, well, I'm not going back there. And the Holy Spirit says, take another step. Hold up. Oh, you take another step, right? Not as foggy this time, a little clearer. Okay, God, where are we going next? And all of a sudden, I was around some people who were not walking in faith. They were running in faith. 
I was just crawling in faith. They were running. I said, I want to run in faith. I want to run in faith because it pleases God. And even if I perish, even if they talk about me, even if it costs my reputation, even if it costs my life, even if it costs people talking about me, in the end, it's only me and you, God. And so let's do this journey. Let's take this journey of faith, God. Church, can we stand? Holy Spirit of God, you are amazing, God. Thank you, God, because we get to walk by faith, Lord. Thank you, God, because your mercy endures forever, God. Thank you, God, for putting up with me, Lord, even when all I did was complain, God. Thank you for your grace, because I was never worthy of it, God. Thank you for your mercy, God. You know, chapter 40 of Isaiah starts it off with with the Israelites complaining, right? We read it in the beginning. But as that chapter goes on, I would urge you to read that chapter. As the chapter goes on, Isaiah begins to remind us who our God is. And in that chapter, he says, don't you know, don't you know that he holds the oceans in his hand? That's the God that I serve. He placed the stars in the sky. He never grows weak or weary. That chapter tells us. At the end of that chapter, it says, if you would fix your eyes on him, you'll soar high on the wings of eagles. You will not run. You will not grow weary. You will walk and you will not faint. So it starts off with complaints, and maybe you're there today, but it ends up praising and acknowledging who he really is. Today for me, he's my king, he's my lord, he's my master, and in the end, he's the only one that matters. And so I want to please you, Lord. I want to please you, God. Even if it looks strange, God. Even if it looks different, God. I want to please you even if they talk about me, God. Even if no one understands, God. Even if I mess up, God. Help me. I want to please you, Lord. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, your Holy Spirit in this place right now. Oh, God, that you would speak, Lord. Holy Spirit, invade, Lord, our thoughts, Lord, and our logic right now, as only you can, Lord. Holy Spirit of God, oh, how we need you today, more than ever. So thankful, God, for what you're doing, God, but knowing that there's more. Glory to Jesus, I pray this in the most powerful, beautiful, precious Precious, precious, powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Church, I'm going to make two calls here today. If we would just close our eyes just for a moment, just close our eyes, just meditate on on the Lord, not on anybody else right now, just you and I. And if you know that it's time for a change, it's time for a change, it's time to start 
doing these things to please God. It's time to stop pleasing everybody else. But it's time to focus on the one, the only one. His name is Jesus. And if that's you, on the count of three, you'll, you'll raise your hand. One, two, three. Just raise your hand all over the room. Amen, amen. Yes, 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 yes. If you could raise your hand up high. It's not to embarrass you. It's so that he knows, so he can see your hand. So he sees your hand and says, that, that's my baby. He wants to please me. That's my son. That's my daughter. They want to please me. Room full of raised hands in this place. Church, can we raise our hands with him? That way we can all acknowledge that we need to please him. I'm going to pray for you today. Afterwards, if you want to come up and receive prayer, you can come up and receive prayer in that. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. Lord, in the end, Lord, you are our maker. You are our creator. You are the one who gives us life, Lord. We acknowledge you in this place. We honor you in this place, God. Lord, and when we're moving far, Lord, and we haven't had conversation with you, God, and so we want to reestablish, Lord, that relationship in this place today, Lord. Lord, we don't want to be the same, God. Lord, we want, Lord, that you would take our, the talent you placed in us, Lord, and then I think we'll just evolve into the thing it was intended to be, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, for men and women of faith that they would rise up in this place today in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we, Lord, would be the one, Lord, not making excuses, not focusing on our circumstances, but focusing on you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can we give Jesus a hand clap? Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.